very lucky because it's a special guest and we've never had a special guest. We've only had five podcasts, but we've never he's, had a special he's guest. He's not that special. He's, he's just spilled his tea down the front. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Sleep well, deprivation already. I was about to say, Miles McLaggen, you should not be sleep deprived because you've had two days of, of normality in the midst of this madness. I have. Although I woke up with a bit of a shock because... Did you have those dreams? It was a bit strange. I dreamt I was shouting. At, I was playing a match in the juniors. It's going back a long wow. way. It's tennis appropriate. And poor old Bill Babcock, who I like very much, I was screaming at him that he was quite as coming on court and said, don't you realise this is my match to get into the Orange Bowl? <laughs> orange Bowl? Yeah. Wow. Well, I told you it was back to the juniors. Orange Bowl is a good, good tournament. But where though. did this come from? Where, I where's the, where's, I have no idea. Where's the basis of this? I, I have no idea, but yeah, I had one of those juniors sort of wake up with a bit of a shock. But you got wow. some sleep. I mean, I in did. amongst I did. this, I did. you've actually had some sleep, <laughs> unlike us. Because I was thinking that probably in the last year or so, we've probably spent the most time together off air at weird times of the night True. waiting for matches. And I was thinking, what do we actually talk about largely? Because we do talk a lot. You do your stretches. Miles does like <laughs> 2 a.m. stretches. And we have floor-to-ceiling <laughs> windows and he, he hikes his leg up. <laughs> I can get my leg up on that bar there. It's about... That's really high. <laughs> That's really, that's like shoulder height. I got my hamstrings are loose and everything else is rock solid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you a, stretch a lot, but just one stretch. I'm like the action man without the abs and the shoulder muscles, <laughs> but my leg can just go as far as you want in that <laughs> single plane. Really he even makes phone calls while doing this stretch. Oh, I love it. So I was standing next to him trying to sort of lift my leg up. I didn't, I didn't get anywhere near it. Miles was looking at me and saying, please don't do that. So you have your kind of stretching routine, I'd say at about 2 a.m., sort of thing but conversation wise a lot of it revolves around children doesn't it 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 does yeah we talk yeah a lot (laughs) you're a little ahead of me so i can get the sort of the i can shortcut have i given you any good advice um not (laughs) not at two in the morning has there been any advice at all the chances of it being good and then being taken in at that time was no you must have but so all this advice i think i'm giving you is actually (laughs) coming coming to nothing and but it's amazing how, how times change we went from last year when atp tennis radio started talking about Sort of newborns and nappies, and now they're kind of little people. So our conversation, we cover, we don't cover politics. I kind of, I've I've heard you can get quite feisty on politics. So I've I've steered. It's, it's a tough ask at two a.m. isn't it? <laughs> but people do do it. <laughs> yeah, but at two a.m. Something that's going to keep you up. <laughs> uh, ours, ours are, I think, ours thing are a lot more, a lot more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I think, aren't they? But something I don't think Miles has experienced my speciality that you now have on two occasions. Oh. No, you must, you must, you must be experienced with Gigi's muffins. I've never had one of Gigi's muffins. Have you not had one of my muffins? No. I think I bought you any. <laughs> no. <laughs> didn't I remember that. Muffins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I brought them in as a bribe to Naomi yesterday. Oh, I just assumed that you were up to speed with no, no, Gigi so. muffins. Clearly keeps her for her keeps them for her favourites. Well, we've now had the biscuit cupboard locked because Miles. (laughs) I heard about this before I even knew about the biscuit cupboard. It's been locked (laughs) because it was raided. But isn't that the downside? At those kind of times in the morning, you you become slightly manic, and you you just want to get to the vending machine. You want to open the biscuit cupboard. That's because that's all there is. There is nothing else. But it's because of the time of day or night or whenever it is. You you just need. You come in with you come in. Miles comes in with a lovely bag. It's full of washed carrots, 
pears, a couple of stickers, and a mackerel. Smoked mackerel. I, I, it's, it's just really weird. Oh, he comes you, you didn't eat that in the commentary box, did you? No, I don't bring it in Because that stink is going to stay for a while. his mackerel in one hand. Well, that's and not it, quite true. That's sort of <laughs> that's painting a bit of a... <laughs> taking, a taking some... <laughs> And Liberties. a carrot in the other hand, and I think this is the example I need to be following. With my leg up, on <laughs> <laughs> I always get really self-conscious of smelly food, though. Anything that's kind of warm. Miles doesn't. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in the commentary box, you know, you don't want it to be overwhelming. People have to sit in there for a while. No, there's, there's no. Miles doesn't mind. I don't bring it in here. No, but it's, it's mackerel is quite pungent. Hmm. Can you smell it very obviously out there? <laughs> yes, I can. You sort of wafted around a little bit. Then you eat your carrots at three o'clock in the morning. It's just chocolate and anything. I know. But the intention, the, atten- the intention's good. That's like 30%, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. Something but the, the, like these hours, I think this, which is why I think Sleep Deprivation this podcast. The other title I, I thought about, because something you said on it, it, it really made me, I didn't think it was such a big thing, was when you mentioned that once you've received women's underwear in your laundry and... I didn't know. <laughs> have you received? So, have you received men's when you're at a tournament? No. You put your laundry in. Have you ever got men's? No. Men's underwear. Where was back? this? Is this a normal thing? And who's, no, it? no, it's not normal. I mean, some of the tournaments, and, and they have got better. But Rome, the tournament Rome was known for the laundry was a disaster. I mean, you got back. <laughs> they what just you bundle gave it all in, you in together. Half you, you got back half your own stuff and and probably a quarter of somebody else's. That's and quite fun though. Well, not really. You might get something good. But what if, what if you get what something if, good? What do you okay? What do you call good? What would you have liked to have received in your laundry <laughs> when it came back? Just get a really nice hoodie or something. Great. I think we're talking pants and okay. socks. Well, yeah, well, you get one sock and you've lost three sweatbands and you know yeah. t-shirts come got back a, woman's a different colour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they, those are less good prizes in, in the laundry lottery. But it's. I think you don't really. If you go to a hotel, dry cleaning is a luxury to a normal person. But as an athlete, you've mm. you've, you've got to wash your kit. And some guys are going to have, I imagine, endless supplies of kit. But if you haven't got a lot, um, as you were telling me once, your qualifying for a tournament had nothing to do with money or points or or prestige, did it? Yeah, and in in Istanbul, we were you know Andrew Richardson, and we mm. were. We, if you got into the main draw, you got in, you got your accommodation paid, as you know, and and free laundry that week. And so we thought we had this pretty good draw last round of doubles quali. So we put in, we'd be, we'd played a satellite already, which was four weeks. So we had one of those huge, you know, fifteen twenty kg bags of of dirty clothes because we it weighs more when it's dirty. That's the thing people don't tell you as well. When you're yeah. traveling, you can you can max out on your weight of your suitcase. But if it's now all dirty laundry, it's like three mm. kilos more. See, this is how you can tell like we've done the, the, the lesser <laughs> tour. And then you can't get it's back. also when you go to the laundrette and they charge you and they give it back and you weigh it and it's like three kgs less. Where's my clothes? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's all well, no, it's, it's They're mad. wet and sweaty and yeah, don't have to mad. worry about that. And, but yeah, so uh, what were we talking about? Rome or something? The, uh, no, it's in the Assembly so, you you, yeah. so you wanted to get through to the main drawer of the doubles to get your laundry. Yeah, but we'd put it in before we'd won the match because uh-huh, we're thinking okay. oh, we get it, we'll be all right here. So suddenly it's like, whoa, this is a big match. That laundry going to cost us <laughs> about two hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversation? Sometimes <laughs> I wonder what what doubles pairings talk about at the yeah. changeover behind it, that yeah. ball when they're moving into the ball. It's like, oh my god, did I put both pairs of socks in? All my socks, all my pants, 
everything. Thinking, why did I put week. the trousers in? They cost more than and anything else. It, and it's going to cost two hundred dollars. So if you screw off on this next game, all the but it's little things that you don't think about. That at the top of the game, I'm sure the players don't think about. But when you're lower down, you have to think about. But it's also now, even at the top end. I mean, the players get given kit left, right, and centre. So they, you know, and I've seen players, you know, they leave kit. Because they can't fit it in their bag, they leave it in hotel rooms. They yeah. leave, or you know, from fresh, fresh new kit. Sometimes new, and it's particularly mm-hmm. after like the the, the clay court season because they're going on the grass. They're going to get all their whites, so this stuff's they're never going to wear it again. And you know, so Nike have seven different outfits in a year, so they have like the. I think before Australia, they'd wear the ones from last year, and then you get your Australian Open kit, which you possibly wear through the US hard courts. No, you get new new stuff for US, for US, US Open Series, yeah. And you might wear oh, no, that. Oh, you're talking about US Hardcore. Sorry, not US Open Series. I mean, talking about Indian Wells so and Miami. Well, yeah, yeah, you wear that through you wear that through to the clay. And then they might give you a new... Some might do it on the clay, and then some give you the Roland Garros kit. Yeah. And then you obviously go... Maybe they give you another kit to wear until Wimbledon, because then you need your whites, and then that's all gone. And So seven kits. And I think it's a little bit of a shame, because some of the old kits used to be iconic. I mean, for me, I don't know who you looked up to, but like that Lendl, that Adidas Square with the IL, or the um, you know the Pete Sampras, the Takini with the Archer. No, nothing's ever around long enough to become yeah. iconic, is it? No. No, absolutely not. But we were talking about this before um, because that is one of my pet peeves in tennis is players wearing identical kit on the court. But why is that? On the same court. But I don't Why is that a problem? It's not a problem. But why is that a peeve? (laughs) It's a peeve. (laughs) Why is it? No, because, you know, if you're a casual fan and like, you know, there was a match where I think Petra Kvitova was playing Donovekic, both sponsored by the same clothing manufacturer, both with Nike, both wearing identical kits, both got a blonde plait, visor. You literally could not tell them apart. I mean, I can tell them apart because I watch them reasonably regularly and one's left-handed. No, me, yeah, one of them's left-handed. <laughs> Thanks. That's <laughs> why um, Miles but, is always our expert yeah. this week. But, but, you know, but as in if um, but my but my other half, Ben, kind of sat down and watched and he was like, I can't tell these people apart. This When, when the camera zooms out and obviously you're just looking at the court and watching them play, it is quite difficult if, to tell. And I, and I just think, like, why can't you just have two... Two kits. Like a home and away kit. Yeah, just a home and away kit. And the higher ranked player or the home player of that nation gets to decide what they wear. And so if you have, you've got, uh, this week we've got Pui and uh, Sitspass were both wearing the pink, funky, artistic top. Don't like it. Top. I know uh, Chris Bowers was loving it and I was Do you not, like it, not on board. That it's the pink with the I, I don't, I mean, I would, I would not buy it, but I'm, I'm middle-aged and boring now. <laughs> I, wear, I wear collared shirts. <laughs> you look good though, but yes. Yeah, so, so they should each they should have it in pink and green, and then and then they will never have. You just have two colours of the same top. It's not. It's not that. Why are you looking at me like it's a really difficult thing but to the do? Pro- it's problem not is that the, the, the companies want that blanket, so they they look at it and go. The kids are saying everybody's wearing that pink. Uh-huh. But and are you telling me Diego Schwartz and Marin Cilic? Both sponsored well, by Fila. So they've got the same top on. Are you telling me there's going to be anyone that's, well, I'm not sure which one's which? <laughs> I mean, I just. Well, yeah, well, people who don't know but, who but, either but, is. But, but then do they. So you're other well, half. Football, football ben, teams do it and they have third team would, kits as well. Would like, Ben have sat really there with a bit of a Vekic match thinking, oh, I'm just not enjoying this. I don't know which one's which. Would it have bothered him that much that he couldn't quite. Down. I didn't say this is one of the burning issues within the world of tennis. I said it was a pet peeve. Martin, <laughs> they're, they're talking about it at the UN next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop. Like, Stop. The only time I had a problem with it, but it can't change because of where it was, was Wimbledon. And I did the girls' doubles final a few years back. Four Russians, obviously all in white, 
all visors, all blonde ponytails, not a vowel between them, did not have a clue. <laughs> but my only, my only saving thing on it was it was radio. So it didn't matter that I really didn't have a clue, but could not tell them apart. That was the one time, but it was Wimbledon. So I, I, I was always lose-lose because you're not going to walk out in a green strip. I just feel like that they should, they, I think it would be nice because I think that, you know, it's an individual sport. And in terms of selling the sport, I'd really like players to have uh, an individuality, like a, a bit more of a personality because we don't get to see a lot of them. They do their on-court interviews and they play their matches. We don't, really get a lot of behind the scenes access we get amazing access on ATP tennis radio loads of fantastic interviews that you don't really get anywhere else but I think it'd just be really nice to start creating kind of characters and I think the better you know the players and the better it is and but also walk-on music they should have their own individual walk-on music like boxing like yes a, like exactly a, like a ring for, and you just have it for the year and it becomes yours they can even make it, you know, like WWE. You just hear the noise and you know Federer is coming out. And everyone would go crazy. <laughs> Pyrotechnics. I want you to put it to the members at Wimbledon that we have, <laughs> we have, we have walk on. I can imagine that there'll be some players who want to wear a top and they don't want to change it. So if, you know, if you're going to say, right, for this one, you're home, you're away. I think it causes all sorts of problems. Okay, all other sports deal with it. All other sports have home and away kit. I mean... And there is an element of whatever, whatever becomes normal exactly. becomes accepted I mean it was a bit thing, like yeah. not that they're much use but the pre-match interview I mean it was you know it was I mean, it, what is that it, there was a bit of resistance and then it was like well the racing car drivers you know they, they're about to get in a car at 200 miles an hour they can talk so I mean, not that we get anything but, out of but it but what is then are you looking it's forward to this yes I am really focused what are you brilliant I really like much. it when they try and ask about tactics and the guy and the guy they're playing is literally standing two metres behind them and as if they're expecting to say well actually I'm going to play three shots to the backhand before I, I switch down the line a little bit lame on the left hand side so if every time I'm down in the game I'm serving tea <laughs> shh don't Do tell him Miles McLaggen a pet peeve in tennis or maybe in general <laughs> oh, lots in general. that was quite wide wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to, I would like to see the let taken I mean two things and we've seen a little bit of the shot clock this week I mean one ball toss I mean once you once you start yes. the, the pulls the, the, you know that's when the clock starts you've you got to throw the ball up you tell me you, you can and then the clock starts and you've got to and, and I would like to see the shot clock get a little tougher I think when that umpire it only starts when the umpire says a score which gives him loads of leeway to let the crowd you know big point crowd cheers who says you should be fresh when the point starts it's not like in football or rugby that you know there's been a tough passage of play and they say alright guys alright guys we'll just take a breather there while everyone gets there I mean that's when you see things happen when people are out of breath and, yeah. and I think um Obviously, there was a, a chat with the Wimbledon, the match going, uh, the Isner-Anderson match going on and on last year. I mean, I think if they got really strict with the timings, that might, because guys would, would, it would, would solve the time issue. Because, I mean, we love tennis, but that was too long, wasn't it? I mean, six yeah. hours. I watch golf for six hours, but you're watching different people. And, <laughs> it was. Um, it, it's too long. To and I think if, you did, if they were more relentless with a shot clock, I think things would, hap- would start to happen earlier on in matches. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good point, actually kind of forcing players to, to play when they're still out of breath. But I'd always do the old bounce the ball on your, on your foot. Yeah, but that's so your fault. Off. You've got the ball in your hand. That, that, that starts. Once that leaves your hand, uh, it gets a little tough with the 
But you, you've still got you still got to, still, you've got to throw a, the ball the up within twenty five seconds. But it's something that players do. Though. To the net. Now you're even more out of breath. It, it, <laughs> Double <it's>... fault coming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get behind the line in time. But it's, it's something that I was telling Gigi about this on a, a I different didn't know podcast. This was a, as in, a thing. as in, my opinion is whenever a professional tennis player bounces a ball on their foot, it was one hundred percent deliberate. Like it's quite tough to bounce a ball it's, on your foot, and it's just a... to buy a bit of time. It doesn't really happen at the top ends. Mars like, doesn't look like. Wrong. Do you agree with Naomi? No, I'm trying to think, actually. I mean, yeah, to I've bounce it on it. your foot. Because you do get on the clay, the odd you'd bounce it and you get the odd dodgy yeah. one, don't you? But on your foot, yeah, that's a little... It's the whole, like, you know, Zverev wants to change his his racket because there's new balls. He's just served. The other guy's serving and he wants his new balls. So he wants to change his racket. And he just w- takes ages. He's got to unwrap it. Who wraps up a racket? Are you unwrapping it? It's yeah, we present. need to get on there. We, we started a little bit with the Run. environmental side of that, isn't it? Getting rid of those plastic Yeah, that's got to go. With the, because it's because it doesn't do anything, does it? I mean, it, well, in the old days, it was there because the guys were stringing in gut, so they wanted to keep the humidity away because the, the gut absorbs the moisture and then you lose the tension and whatnot. But now, every, pretty, some guys are still using gut as a mixture, but... You know, there's a polyester generally, which, yeah. and a lot of them are getting their rackets strung in the morning of the match. You know, they like it fresh, fresh. So it doesn't really. It's a marketing thing. We're seeing more and more logos appear on, on those yeah. on those plastics. Zverev's the latest one to have his have his stand the man appears everywhere. And Federer hasn't got his logo at the moment because he left Nike and he's still got to get it. Lost back, his logo. He's lost. Oh, is, his he, is he trying to get it back? Well, I think so. I mean, wouldn't you if you had a logo? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realise it wasn't his. It's like Batman with no back. Because Djokovic well, is, is you his. He, he doesn't. It's not. He's not. But Djokovic transfers his. To, he's, he's been through all sorts of manufacturers in the past. Yeah, I, I few don't. Years. I think Federer's, he moves his I think, around. I mean, sometimes if it's it if it became part of the brand, then it was obviously. Well, it was obviously owned by Nike, wasn't it? Like Andy Murray, he made his own. It's his. Right. Um, presumably Djokovic. Oh, uh, so Nike probably went to Federer and said, "We want to do this." Possibly, and, uh, or oh, they. Okay. So he's. I think sort of brand free. I think he's he? doing all right. No, I, I think I don't think he's going to. I start. still don't think he rocks I, the Uniqlo headband better than Nishikori, but I don't, uh, Nishikori is very well put together. I think he does. He's he can be quite colourful. He's a good clothes horse, isn't he? Yeah. He, he is. He's, he's very, he never looks very happy, um, but he's very. His face looks a little bit sad, but he's. Does doesn't he? Wins the point. You're like, come on, and you're like, no, still not there. Well, is that when he came back? Um, he'd been out for so long, and he was saying, "I'm just loving being on court," and he was playing pretty well. Oh, he he is playing pretty well. Like his face <laughs> just looked like he just was just so sad. Just, just didn't just want to leave. Something now we've we've got Miles here. I, I can confirm or get this sorted out. Naomi has in her career during her career racked up a lot of fines for basically not turning up at tournaments which I feel for, is quite unprofessional so I was saying I, I, I actually went through my whole career I didn't get a code violation on the court so I didn't get any fines for that apart from I got one for coaching which I got taken away because I just, I just you know you just say sorry to the supervisor not, not they based get on the quality away. of the advice <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it completely transformed the match really I was losing yeah. completely transformed the match away. and I ended up yeah exactly that wasn't coaching that was, was awful useless. that is nonsense <laughs> what on earth uh, yeah but I I looked at my iPin the other day and actually I racked up about eight and a half thousand dollars worth wow. of fines where did you find that for it's still on my iPin uh, if I if I go into it, it's and got all my historical finds, and it's all people listening to this podcast. See, that's how you have to become a member of the ITF if you want to go and play Challenger Circuits. You have to buy an iPin, and then you can enter on. Do you that know, website. Naomi's returning to the Challenger Circuit <sighs> next year in Brussels, or is it Dijon? Which one did we settle on? Kazakhstan, I think. Is what, I think that was what, where that you was, want to send was too me. far, but it was the most money on offer that Challenger <laughs> week. <laughs> She's going to do a Philip Kohlschreiber. Marry in the morning, 
play a tournament. Did you get married yeah. as well? Yeah. Okay, oh, great. Did I know that? Congratulations. Mate. I don't know. We're all very tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really so try and do a coach driver. The challenge is marry in the morning, tournament in the afternoon. Honeymoon in Kazakhstan. I was, yeah. just, I was just trying to find Astana one. Astana is nice. But your fines were... I think for entries and late late withdrawals and you know not showing up to tournaments not 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 showing up to tournaments but you know what it's like you know if there was what I once flew to a tournament in America that I wasn't even in my coach David Felgate was <laughs> not amused but so this may, <laughs> this may be wonder and you said it's all on you it it's to remembering to planning but eight and a half thousand dollars where's that money gone you <laughs> it's not gone back into prize money I can tell you that Miles has worked with a lot of players, WTA, ATP, all the levels up and down. If we go if we go to the very top with Andy Murray, I cannot imagine he's sitting there with his diary saying, well, I've got to make my entrance here and I've got to book this here and I need a car at this time, I've got to play in this. Did you as a coach or as the team's got, did you have like daily duties at a tournament that, that you would have to do or kind of fall into doing for him or for oh, the yeah. team? Yeah, and I mean, in terms of entries, I mean, a lot of it's it's... Um, mandatory now is I mean the slams uh, so I don't think you even have to enter those the slams and masters um, but the agents that's sort of their area now I mean obviously the coach the player would discuss it with the team generally not always what he should play but then the agent generally does the, the entering and sometimes oh, that comes what if they mess it up though well sometimes they do I mean I don't know who we wouldn't Tierfo he won Delray from there was a, a tournament recently with Tierfo or was it Washington that he didn't enter I think it was Delray. He didn't enter, and then he won the tournament. So I don't know whose mess up that was. Well, you do hear it though that players take a wild card because they forgot to enter, and we just always assume that it's them. Actually, someone's getting in but trouble. We're thinking it's, but in terms of you wake up in the morning of a tournament and there are practice courts to be booked and maybe cars to be ordered, is that someone's job or is that the players' responsibility? And as people get higher and bigger, does that? Is there delegation involved? Yeah, player would really. I would normally coach would take that on because practice courts. You know, the day before, if it's if it's a match, you you might you'd wait and hopefully at tournaments they keep a couple of courts sort of dedicated for for people warming up for matches. Yeah, <laughs> if it's Wimbledon, just Andy yeah. Murray, which yeah. is, this is why your court. in Monte Carlo it was quite weird when Rafa Nadal yeah. having won. Text Carlos Moy immediately the first thing he did to say, Can you book a practice court? Because what, was there a chance they'd say, No, you can't yeah. have one? <laughs> Name, please. Sorry, <laughs> your main draw. Don't recognize you. <laughs> Where's your accreditation? Yeah. But funny enough, a few years ago, when I was in Monte Carlo working alongside with Andy alongside Kretcher, and obviously Kretcher could understand some of the Nadal stuff, and what was very refreshing was. Alex told us that Uncle Tony was like, "Come on, Rafa, are we going now? Have you booked the court? Have you have you done this? Have you done this?" So he, you know, he was still because of the the dynamic they had. They still Rafa was still doing some of the the basic stuff. You know, I mean, you can sort of get away with that when you're the uncle. But, would you uh, do, would you do that with juniors if you're coaching juniors? I think make so. Them yeah, do they've got to learn some responsibility, haven't they? Yeah. Did you ever forget to do up. something? Because I know Marin Cilic, when Jonas Bjorn was part of the team, he had a fine system. He was sort of the dictator. He's I'm not really a dictator, but he handed out. You got a number of points. If you forgot your phone, it's a thousand points, and if you miss the mini bus, it's two thousand points. And at the end of each tournament, that person would have to take everyone for coffee. Or the I can't imagine team. Sounds like a really fun game. Together. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> how much fun is the Chilich camp? <laughs> it made racking up points and fines. <laughs> it made oh, people. They know how to live. <laughs> hey, you racked up eight thousand dollars from not turning up. <laughs> <laughs> that money was taken off me. Every time we withdraw late, it's like you know one hundred and fifty dollars or something stupid. You know, and sometimes you don't, you don't, you don't know. And well, because you have to do this thing when it's on the challenges. You have to do this thing where the entry deadline is a certain time. So the entry deadline is pretty easy. You either miss it or you don't. Um, and then, but the withdrawal deadline, if you don't know whether you're in a tournament or not, or if you, so you'll enter three challenges and then you have to sit and look at the list's move and you refresh it every 60 seconds, about half an hour before the entry deadline, because you might be 10th in qualies on one, 15th in qualies in another, and five in qualies on the third one. And you might get into main draw of one of them and you don't know which one it's going to be. So you have to wait until literally 30 seconds before and sometimes it'll be the one where you're 15 out of and you'll suddenly get in and then you have to pull out the other two but you have oh, priority so it's not automatic that they pull you out well it is automatic because you put your priorities yeah. so you do one two and three so if you leave it it will pull you out of two and three and leave you in one yeah so you, you could just not do it and it will leave you in one of them this is why I end up missing my tournaments because I had my priorities wrong and it left me in tournaments and I probably should have checked but this is only two weeks before and then so then, but everybody sits there just looking at the computer, refreshing, waiting, waiting, waiting. It's, it's almost exciting. It's a lot of fun us. in the Cabernet <laughs> camp as well, isn't it? <laughs> you could make, would you rather be in the Chilich camp or would you I mean, rather be in the Cabernet camp? Oh. You know, yeah, the the you notion that I had a camp and it wasn't just me by myself doing it all. Sat in your hotel room pressing the button. Come on, come on, which one, which one? I asked Naomi this, and it wasn't an answer I expected, but Miles, where is the weirdest place you've either played or coached? I mean, Naomi's is going to take... Where was it again? Tanjung Salor. Been, been there? In Indonesia. In the there? middle of a jungle. I have not been there, no. Where would be the weirdest place you've played or, or coached? Just Well, yeah, I mean, coaching not too bad because I've been fortunate with higher-ranked players. So no, you've been selective. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, generally nicer places. But, I mean, uh, the, the one place I always... Laundry done and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not hanging out with anyone who doesn't get laundry. Yeah, laundry yeah. <laughs> I played in uh, I played a challenger in Samarkand. And... Um, it's in uh, Uzbekistan. I flew to Tashkent. And it was one of those horrible flights that lands at like two in the morning and then the flight out was five, so you stay in the, the airport. And yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a great flyer. And I know sort of what well, doesn't totally defy logic. I'm, I'm big on brands and airlines. I feel a lot more comfortable on some than <laughs> others, which may be understandable. I think that's pretty sensible. Yeah. So what big airline flies out that way? Well, getting there was fine. Yes, but, but then, then the internal. Oh. And we walk out and you're carrying your own bags. Oh, dear. And there's a pretty <laughs> old... suitcases and everyone yeah, along the way. there's no, like, leave it at the check-in. It's like, here's your ticket, take your bags that way. So come in, there's a big there's a big jet and I think, well, at least it's a jet. It's sort of, and everyone's walking out and then everyone starts turning right. And there's this thing with propellers. Oh, no. <laughs> and... Uh, Oh, a teeny tiny one. How yeah. long was the flight? It's only about an hour or two hours. I wanted to drive, but they said the roads were so unsafe. That was actually an even worse option. <laughs> Not drive myself, but... And, and oh, so no, I've done that. I've done the three hour through the mountains in Uzbekistan drive. And I can tell you it is... I did, did it with drive? juniors and I've never been... No, no. But I've never been more scared in my life. Really? Okay, it well, was... It, honestly, I wish we'd have flown. But then we drove back. <laughs> So it was so terrifying. It's awful. Yeah, I'm glad somebody told you it was dangerous. No one told well, us that. I, think I, still prefer, I just feel more comfortable on the ground. And, oh, on you should propeller. have seen the drivers. But the, the guy, one guy talked on his... And what happened on that flight was, I mean, it went to take off. 
And uh, it didn't sound quite like that, but um, <laughs> and then it stopped, and I thought, oh sound my god, what's like? Is this when do I get off? When do I just say no, no, I'm off? And then it happens again. Speed, and then I realized they were just taxing, but it was the fastest taxi in the world. <laughs> and eventually, take off the air hostess didn't, I mean, she didn't get off her seat the whole time, she sat at the front, just. I mean, you sit where you want, no seat belts. One guy. Where was does a, the luggage go with you? Or no, is there no. Then you leave it by there, and guys load okay, it underneath. Right. But I mean, there's no like, um, and this is you know, exits are over the wing, and uh, and the, the oxygen will come out and fix there your own mask any. first, and <laughs> like, yeah. There are no life jackets. And then we get there, and and the hotel doesn't have you know, no laundry. No. <laughs> Yeah, so Can you imagine? That's disgraceful. No, no curtains on the window. And, and then one guy said he woke up in the middle of the night, he hears a scratching, and then up on the fridge, this mouse is like eating his chocolate on the top. Oh, and it's, it was, they're so cheeky, the mouse just looked up at him and then looked down and carried on eating it. It wasn't scared or anything. <laughs> just scared. What was the tournament like when he got there? Yeah. Because you was... were playing inside a, what was it? A swimming pool. It seemed like it was a, a dead swimming pool. Like, you know, just it was a really old swimming pool. They just converted it into tennis courts. Was there a bit of a slope? <laughs> no, I think they'd, they'd filled that bit in. Oh, fill the slope. But you had these kind of weird walls. slider, one end was working really well. <laughs> oh, but you know, I always did that. I always did that at challenges. I'd go and request an end court if I was playing indoors, anywhere with a wall. And I'd always, because people would always request, can I play first, can I play second? And they'd always laugh in your face and be like, you're going last if you're asking first. And I, but I would always say, can I have court four? And they'd say, I say, I don't care when you put me on, but can I be on court four? And they'd always be like, why? I'm like, yeah, just, if it's no trouble to you, can you just whack me on court four? And they always would. And I would always slide my lefty serve into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a great time. No one ever got it on. It was great. Um, in Tangentilor, Naomi had to wear traditional Tangentilor dress. For the players' party, you know, they like... They, oh, okay, because yeah. the thing is, is that what people don't understand is that these tournaments are paid for by the people running them. They're not... They're not funded by the ITF. Like the prize money is like if the people in Tanjung Sador say we want to run a tournament and they run a $25,000 event, they have to find that money. They don't have to pay for putting it on the courts and all this sort of stuff. And then they put on a players party and they're asking everybody, all of the players, will you dress up in our traditional thing? And obviously everyone says no. Guess who said yes? Well, only I reluctantly said let yes, only because it's... I just think it's a bit rude otherwise. I just think they're putting it's on... It's nice to support it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, they did ask me to dance Miles and I drew thinking, the line. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, we did it in, at the tournament in Dubai a few times because they give you... I think it's called the Dish Dash, the white... The white ah, okay, yeah. But we also yeah, but took that's them, quite smart. <laughs> mine was bright. Because they're great when we, go back to, when we went back to Zimbabwe for fishing because they're good for the sun, you see. Oh, so you kept them? Sure. Did you keep your Tanjan's Law outfit? No. I, oh, I had no room for that in my luggage. It was quite heavy. It's you see the beading laundry. on that? Yeah, it's <laughs> dirty laundry. I had to account for three kilograms of dirtiness in my laundry. Because it all comes back to laundry, doesn't it? <laughs> there was also a shower on the street. That's where we had to shower. Oh, the shower on the street. For who? There was no shower in our hotel. We had to shower on the street. It was on the street? Yeah. Oh, this is a whole new... <laughs> now, we, we had this problem. <laughs> we had this um, issue problem yesterday. We were chatting away, suddenly looked up and realised that... Um, the next day's action at Cincinnati Masters was about to come underway, which is... Can we not just get us a hold on for a minute? Yeah, um, I'm quite enjoying chatting to Miles. <laughs> well, hopefully. I'm, I'm hoping. I wanted Miles to come on again. So I have. Miles, I've got your present. Muffins. But I don't know where it is. <gasps> I've got... Oh, I saved this from the... You did. From oh, you loser. teed me up for that. From, from, the, from oh. the clutches of my children who said, no, 
I said, can I take one in for a friend? So your kids have been fumbling and handling they, that. They just went... They, licking they it and dropping it. on the floor. <laughs> We've talked a lot about ball sniffing. They may have sniffed it. <laughs> but, I think, but I think... As in tennis balls. But I think it will be okay. And it should it's be... Right, and, a lot of the food I consume these days is via the floor anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> got a 17-month-old. And, and Naomi's got... Chocolate cake. That, are you offering that or just keeping it? Is that yours? Yes, I'm offering it. It's chocolate, raspberry, orange and cardamom tart. That's a lot that I made. Did you make that? I made it. Right, Miles, you're in for a treat. There you go. I've got, go one, I've got a new thing for each break. I'll have first break, I'll have the so muffin. You, and uh, What are you bringing in tomorrow? I'll bring you some smoked mackerel. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> on that note, Miles... Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, next time we speak, Naomi, I'm going to be in New York at the US Open. I'm going to try and find the lady who reads out the players' names for the cars. She stands in the corner. Car. Sneakily record. Do you know that at Flushing Meadows in the players' garden, they announced the players for their cars when their cars arrived. And it, and it can sometimes... Okay. And Sounds you know, like you won something. Have you know, no, it, it's a little bit that, but they don't answer for their car and you just hear this voice again and again and again repeating players' names. And then they get someone like Peter Goyovchik. No chance. Oh, He's no. Ever, the, the, <laughs> Flushing Meadow calling the matches. Americans are not great with names, are they? No. I mean, Apologise to any Americans listening to But they're not. Podcast. I mean, Please I've had people... They Americanize it all. Well, I, I travelled with Wayne Black. I got asked how to spell black many times. <laughs> what, because it couldn't possibly be actually... It was Kevin Elliott and black. Wayne Black I was coaching, so... So they didn't ask how to spell Elliott? They well, I didn't even black. go anywhere yeah. near Elliott ever. <laughs> so everything went under Wayne's name. Yeah. <laughs> black plus one. <laughs> And even then, there were problems. So I'm, I'm going to try and, and go near that lady and, and see if we can get some for, for one of the I can't wait. That's coming up. But yeah, Mel, thank you. Enjoy, enjoy thank your you cakes. Thank you very much, and yes. Thank you for being on tennis. <laughs> thank you.